0: This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Welcome to today's episode of Tax Records, where we will be looking at tax basics if you buy, sell or own cryptocurrencies or NFTs. My name is Frank Inoperis and I'm a partner in the tax team at Hall & Wilcox and I'm delighted uh, to be joined today by my colleague Adam Demack, uh, a senior associate in the tax team and uh, an expert in all things tax, cryptocurrencies and NFTs. And um, if you are experiencing a sense of deja vu, that's because uh, this is our second uh, installment uh, in our discussion on uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, NFTs, and I must say that our our first episode was, uh, was an absolute smash hit, so uh, uh, credit to Adam for that. Now, Adam, uh, the last time we spoke about cryptocurrencies, uh, NFTs, and tax, um, I, I think it's safe to say that we uh, scratched the surface of this um, very complex topic, and uh, we touched on some of the basic tax issues. I, I think I, I asked you to, to explain it to me all like I was an eight-year-old, and um, uh, you, you, you managed to do that with aplomb and uh, today what i'd like to do is just build on some of those concepts so in the last podcast adam uh, you discussed that cryptocurrencies and, and nfts they're not a currency and they're not a foreign currency for tax purposes so is our starting point that they're cgt assets
1: thanks frank uh, good to be back um This is a good place to start, actually, and I think uh, probably I'll just preface what we talk about today by saying that we're still going to be on tax 101, but this question of whether cryptocurrencies and NFTs are CGT assets is really the next logical point to go to. So we've got a definition of a CGT asset in section 108.5 of the 1997 Act, and it tells us that a CGT asset is any kind of property uh, or a legal or equitable right that is not property. Now, since 2014, the Commissioner of Taxation in Tax Determination 2014-26 has taken the view that Bitcoin uh, CGT assets. And
0: so, so only Bitcoin, Adam?
1: No, uh, well, I mean... Um, I'll get to it in a moment. The commissioner's determination does cover Bitcoin only, but his views will apply to other cryptocurrencies with the same characteristics. And um, we know that there are many other cryptocurrencies. Some are very similar to Bitcoin and some are completely different. And more
0: recently, we've got NFTs as well. Yeah, so um, NFTs are quite fascinating, Adam, and we talked about those um, a little bit uh, in our last podcast. So uh, how do all of these uh, concepts apply to the uh, NFT creature?
1: Yeah, well, if we if we go back to the commissioner's determination, there's sort of five key characteristics, which he says means that Bitcoin are CGT assets for tax purposes. And if we go through them, um, you'll see that really they can be applied to basically any other cryptocurrencies and to NFTs. And those characteristics are that Bitcoin has a commercial value, that it's treated as a valuable transferable item of property, that there's an active market for trade, uh, that the holding rights are definable, identifiable and capable of assumption, and that the software that underlies it all restricts control of the holding to a person in possession of the relevant private key. All of those things apply to Bitcoin, but I think it's safe to say that all of those things apply to almost every cryptocurrencies and to NFTs as well. So I think while we have a determination that's focused on Bitcoin, I think the common and well-accepted view is that almost all other cryptocurrencies and NFTs will also be CGT assets for tax purposes.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, well, and um, so when we talk about CGT assets and so on, And that begs the logical question that um, uh, CGT treatment will apply to a CGT asset, but only if the, the transaction and the asset is on uh, capital account rather than revenue account. And I think you and I and all of our listeners will know how uh, just how vexed questions about the revenue capital distinctions uh, uh, can be. So um, how do those principles apply here, Adam, and uh, especially in a... In a context where all we really hear about is people um, you know buying various cryptocurrencies or nfts and making very, very large profits in a very very short period of time
1: yeah that's a that's that is the next question that we need to consider from a tax point of view in particular, and there's a fair bit in this you know the the principles and case law that we have are many, but they're few in terms of how they apply to cryptocurrency and nft trading so You know, as a starting point, you'll have revenue account treatment, or a taxpayer will have revenue account treatment where they're carrying on a business involving cryptocurrencies or NFTs, or where they ventured those cryptocurrencies or NFTs into a profit making undertaking or scheme. On the other hand, where they're holding those assets on capital account, there are some benefits that they can get from a tax point of view. The first, and probably the most well known, is the 50% CGT discount where the assets are held for more than 12 months and the other benefit which is probably less well known and probably applies less commonly but nevertheless was quite popular a few years ago was the personal or is the personal use asset exemption and uh, we can talk about that a little bit later if we have some time Um, the other important thing to keep in mind is that taxpayers can have split portfolios so Uh, We'll go through in a little bit, I guess, the different ways that a taxpayer might hold their cryptocurrency, but it is possible that a taxpayer can hold different portfolios different ways. So, for example, they can hold one group of assets on capital account and one on revenue account. And as with anything in the tax world, the burden is on the taxpayer to show that that's the case. But practically, particularly with cryptocurrencies, it's pretty easy because Taxpayers can have, for example, different exchange accounts where they hold their different portfolios or they can hold part of their portfolio you know, in a
0: cold storage wallet or something like that. Okay. So, again, uh, if you've done tax for a while, you'll be familiar with um, you know, the, the, the questions and the, the indicators about when you're carrying on a business versus when you might be holding on a capital account. Um, can you just quickly uh, talk to us about some of those indicators and you know, if, if you do have something, uh, if you do have a, a client or a person who is a holder on, on revenue account, what they have to be thinking about?
1: Yeah, well, we'll start with carrying on a business. Um, now, whether someone's carrying on a business of any type is a question of fact. For our purposes, I think it's probably uh, useful to draw an analogy between cryptocurrency trading activities and share trading activities. And we can see that there are some cases on that point. And uh, in fact, there are some private binding rulings that the commissioner has released, which sets out his views of when cryptocurrency and share trading activities will amount to the carrying on of a business. But it really is a question of fact. Um, on that point, there's also some ATO website guidance. And the ATO website guidance indicates that if someone's carrying on a cryptocurrency uh, trading business, a mining business, or they're operating an exchange, they'll hold Those cryptocurrencies, those assets uh, in the course of carrying on a business. And what that will mean from a tax point of view is that the Division 70 trading stock rules will apply to those cryptocurrencies or or to those NFTs. Now, if someone is not carrying a carrying on a cryptocurrency or NFT business, they might still hold those assets on revenue account if they've been ventured into a profit-making undertaking or scheme. And on that Topic: There is a huge amount of case law, again, not concerning cryptocurrencies, but for the most part, concerning property development. So we've got, if you're a tax person, you would have heard for sure of Scottish Mining, Whitford's Beach, Kazimati State, them all these cases that talk about when somebody who's purchased property ventures that property into a profit-making undertaking or scheme. The assets are obviously different, but the principles will still apply Again, there are some private binding rulings that the Commissioner has released on this point. And if you look at them, you'll find that mostly they're favourable to the taxpayers. And and what I mean by that is that the Commissioner seems to be willing to find, quite willing to find, that taxpayers can hold their cryptocurrencies or NFTs, in fact, on capital account. Um, And anecdotally, that reflects my practical experience as well in dealings with the Commissioner in this space. I mean... One big point, or there is probably one big point to make in terms of private binding rulings, and that is that they're only binding on the commissioner in respect of the taxpayer who made that ruling, and um, only to the extent that the facts hold true. One probably last thing that I want to say here is, um, when we're undertaking an analysis of whether a taxpayer holds their cryptocurrency or NFTs on capital or revenue account, we probably have to be a bit cautious of comparing those assets to other assets that we've uh, been aware of and that people have you know, owned and held for many, many years. And what I'm getting at here is that if you think of property a loan or dividends, they all can and for the most part do in many cases offer a periodic return, whereas many cryptocurrencies and NFTs don't. For example, Bitcoin, if you hold it and buy it, it doesn't give you anything back. You might sell it for a profit, but then the question becomes well, if you bought that Bitcoin or that cryptocurrency only for the purpose of profitable resale, were you always holding that asset on revenue account? So it's just something to keep in mind uh, when we're doing this sort of an analysis.
0: Thanks. Well, to, to my old fashioned uh, brain, uh, Adams, it reminds me a little bit of the arguments around gold bullion uh, and, and the like. So, um, and I know you do lots of work. Um, in this area. And I, I also know that um, in, in recent times, you've had to help taxpayers with, um, you know, uh, inquiries from the ATO about their um, uh, about their crypto holdings or trading activity or, or sales and purchases. What are two or three quick examples of the sort of issues that uh, the ATO is examining for uh, some of the taxpayers that you work with?
1: Well, I mean, the, the common issues and probably the, the- The most common issue that the ato is examining is whether taxpayers have in fact actually reported and returned all of their cryptocurrency trading activities or nft trading activities and um, i think that's a reflection of a few things one is that um, and i spoke we spoke about this a little bit in the first podcast one problem is that taxpayers can over the course of an income year enter into a huge number of trades and transactions, and it can very easily become incredibly difficult to accurately track everything. And so the ATO is well aware of this and they're currently running a data matching program. And I suspect in many cases, their data matching program is perhaps more sophisticated and able to identify more trades and transactions than what they're probably seeing in taxpayers reporting. And then the other issue is what we've spoken about today, which is really that capital revenue distinction. I think while, you know, anecdotally, it seems that the commissioners sort of willing to accept that taxpayers can hold these sort of assets on capital account, that, that's not a given. And taxpayers uh, will need to justify that treatment if that's, the, that's what they've adopted. So if, if they've lodged returns on the basis of capital account treatment, that's what they'll need to explained and probably the the other uh, issue that perhaps isn't something that has been a topic of engagement with the commissioner but which has come up uh, fairly recently and fairly commonly is how investment funds approach also this is cryptocurrency investment funds how they approach the capital revenue distinction and how they fit within the fund rules that we see in the you know in the tax law
0: mm-hmm. Uh, <clears> There's <throat> a, uh, a lot to unpack there. So now I just want to take it to one specific um, tax technical point, um, if, if I can, please, and that, that goes back to our discussion about capital account treatment and something that you talked about earlier uh, being the personal use asset um, exemption. Uh, I know a little bit about what that is, but could you give us a little explanation of what the personal use asset exemption is and, and do you think it's an exemption uh, that uh, can apply to uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs?
1: Yeah, this the personal use asset exemption, like I mentioned, was a wildly popular concept a few years ago when Bitcoin was making its first run upwards, and you could, you know, jump on the internet and see blog sites and websites and and all of all of these sort of public commentaries where people who probably had no business talking about tax were offering their opinion on how people who made millions and millions of dollars from cryptocurrency trading should approach their tax. And what I'm getting at is that there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of commentary on the internet suggesting that people who had made a whole lot of money from cryptocurrency trading in Australia, in fact, didn't have to pay any tax because of this thing called the personal use asset exemption and we've got a definition of what is a personal use asset and very quickly it's a CGT asset that is used or kept mainly for your personal use or enjoyment and the important part here is that if you make a gain from a personal use asset that you acquired for less than $10,000 that gain is uh, disregarded and if you make a loss that's disregarded as well so the basic idea is if you bought you know, a Bitcoin or some Bitcoin for $9,000 and then sold it for $9 million, you pay no tax on that gain. Um, there's a little bit of guidance from the courts on the topic. There's a case called Favaro, which tells us the term personal use is used in contradistinction to use for business or profit making purposes, but it's helpful, but of limited uh, guidance. I think for the most part, most taxpayers who are trading in cryptocurrencies simply have no leg to stand on in terms of applying the personal use asset exemption. I mean, th- think about if you go and buy a Bitcoin, what, what personal use are you getting out of that? It's not like a jet ski that you're riding or it's not maybe like a piece of artwork that you're looking at and getting some, you know, some personal use and enjoyment from. It's just sitting there probably in a exchange. Uh, so, you know, really sort of bit of a stretch to
0: suggest that it's a personal use asset. Um, it's not like a jet ski at all. Um, it's, um, but um, well, but although you mean you mentioned that you related to jet skis, you, you also mentioned artwork and and, um, and as far as I understand, you know an nft is is a digital artwork. So I mean, does that whole thesis that you've just set out apply differently if what we're talking about is an Nft?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point, and I think it's something that we're likely to see possibly some litigation on in the future, you know, NFTs are completely different to cryptocurrencies in one sense. They are unique. And if you think about the most common example of an NFT, it is like you mentioned, it's a digital artwork. And I think it's very easy to see how someone might get some personal use and enjoyment out of a digital artwork. You might like looking at it like a normal artwork or like many people, you might use that NFT in, Uh, your background image for various social or uh, social media accounts, and your ownership of that NFT might allow you to participate in certain uh, communities. So you can certainly see how people could get some personal use and enjoyment out of NFTs and how they could therefore meet the definition of a personal use asset. There is one private binding ruling that I found from the commissioner where he took the view that the taxpayers' NFTs weren't personal use assets, but like with all private binding rulings, we can't really appreciate or see all of the facts. I think that this is probably somewhere where we are likely to see some dispute with the Commissioner uh, in the very near future. So I guess time will tell if if I'm right about that.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, And um, in terms of uh, closing up, Adam, were there any final uh, messages that you would like to, uh, to, to leave with our listeners today?
1: I think probably the final message that I'd like to leave for people is that uh, if you are actively trading in cryptocurrencies or NFTs, or if you have in the past, you can expect that the commissioner will be expecting you to return properly all of the gains and losses that you've made from those activities. I've mentioned already a few times now that the commissioner's carrying on a cryptocurrency data matching program. And anecdotally, i it's my understanding that the, the program's been pretty successful and that the commission has been able to identify a lot of activity and that he will be writing to people who do not approach their compliance properly.
0: Well, thank you so much, Adam. And and um, thank you for your your, your masterful uh, explanation today of um, NFT and um and cryptocurrency uh, issues, and I, I, I really admire the work you've put into this to become a real expert uh, in the area. And uh, and who knows, maybe one day these these podcasts will become uh, uh, works of art uh, worthy of NFTs uh, themselves. But um, and, and I, I do look forward to having you back for more podcasts as we continue to um, explore uh, this uh, evolving concept and this evolving topic with our clients. Um, so thanks to everyone for uh, tuning in to uh, today's episode. Uh, if there are uh, any questions uh, arising from what you've heard in this podcast and what we've covered today, then please contact a member of our uh, tax team and, and you can find um, all of our information and contact details on the Hall and Wilcox website, uh, Hall and Wilcox. Uh, that's HAWL dot au, uh, or please connect uh, and uh, get in touch with us through LinkedIn. Also, uh, please consider subscribing uh, to tax records on our website and if you do, you will be automatically notified uh, when new episodes uh, come out and uh, when new seasons of tax records uh, come out and Please don't forget that uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be most grateful if you could rate, review or follow our podcasts uh, wherever it is that you choose to listen to podcasts from.